this week on Dear Lovely Universe. Our featured guest is Robert Raymond Riapel. In this episode, we discuss his philosophy of the four currencies of life. This episode is for you if you are a leader, would like life empowerment, want to learn more about life and work balance, and more. Robert Raymond Riapel is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the past 18 plus years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He also has shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Before we get into the episode, I would like to share with you a little bit about what's going on in my life. For those of you who are new to Dear Lovely Universe, welcome, and I'm so happy to have you here. And for those of you who have been following me for a while now, you probably know that I have been working to become a certified professional life coach for over the last year, which I gratefully completed and accepted my certification about three weeks ago. While I've had this podcast for over two years and have been coaching for about a year, I have finally now gone full-time with my coaching business. I'm so, 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 so ecstatic and excited for what's to come. I'm now in the process of creating a course, and I'm in a much better position to serve people who need it. Now let's get into the episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my absolute pleasure, Kaylin. I am so excited and so happy to be here. Me too. I am so excited about this topic. So let's jump right in. What are the four currencies of life? Well, when you talk about currencies, the first currency is the one that's everybody probably popping into their mind right now. They're going like money, 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 because that's the currency everybody tends to think about. And so currency number one is money. And what we've noticed in research is that if you have too much money, there's something called affluenza. And affluenza is basically, you know you're there when you start doing really crazy things with the money that you have. And I'll give an example of that in a moment. Too little money is called poverty. And so what I've noticed over the last number of years, as I've been studying this, that people, every single person has a range and everybody's range is different where there's a low end, which is the kind of where they start feeling that tension, the poverty, if I'm not making this much money or I don't have my investments doing a certain amount, all of a sudden they start getting really stressed because they think they're gonna lose everything. They think they're gonna go bankrupt. And I don't know if you've ever experienced it, Kalen, but I know from my experience, financial stress has got to be one of the worst stresses out there. And so when people get to that level where they're feeling the financial stress, and you know, for me, back in 2001, when my wife and I were Domino's Pizza franchisees, we were eight years into it, and we were doing okay, but our spending habits, we were spending more money than we were earning, and so we were over $150,000 in debt and going down quickly. And that's where that financial stress. So, you know, I've been on all sides of the coin. We really felt it. So our poverty level for us at that time was a lower level, but it's grown. And we'll talk about that in a moment. 
the affluenza level, that's where I love using the example about a prince in the UAE. And have you heard of the A380 airplanes, the double-decker ones that's got two decks on them? I don't think so. They they came out about 15 years ago. And like a 747 has the main deck and then they have one part upper. The A380s are actually two full decks of seats. They're amazing, amazing planes. And when they came out, a lot of airlines were ordering them. Well, this one prince, he decided he wanted one as his own private plane. So he spent a billion dollars buying one of these planes and then he spent another 100 million re-renovating the inside to make it his party plane. Now, I could think of a lot better things to do with $1.1 billion than just buying a plane to go party on. So that's kind of an example I use for affluenza. So my zone in the early days, it started low. If I was making less than $30,000 a year, I started feeling the stress of being feeling that I'm in poverty. And if I was making more than 100,000, then that's where I started doing crazy things with my money. And that's what led into some of my um, financial difficulties because I didn't understand it and I didn't understand why I handled money the way I do. Well, today, my levels have changed. Today, if with my, what I do for investments and what I do as a trainer, if I'm bringing in less than 200,000 in a year, that's when I feel kind of the poverty because I've got another, I've got a different level of lifestyle that I like to live. And so my, my level has gone up to about 200,000 is my poverty level, but my, um, affluenza level is about a million a year. If my investments and what I'm doing, I start hitting that 1 million a year mark. And I know a lot of people going, oh my God, I wish I was making a million a year or I wish I was making 200,000. But again, everybody's level is different. Their zone is different. That's when I notice where I'm currently at. If I'm bringing in a million or more in a year, then I start doing some different things with my money and not necessarily treating it properly. So when we talk about the currency of money, it's about identifying what is your zone. And everybody will know it if they pay attention because they'll notice where they start feeling stressed if they don't have enough. And they'll notice where they, their spending habits change when they have too much. And when you're in your zone, that's when your life flows a lot better because you have enough to take care of bills, do some nice things that you want. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling stressed over it, but you're not also feeling like people might take advantage of me because I have all this extra money, stuff like that. So does that make sense so far? Definitely, yeah. And for me, it's awareness. So just be aware of where your feelings are. You'll be able to identify your zone and realize that as your life changes, your zone will change. Because I love the saying that the, your income will be in direct proportion to the value you give. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go, well, I want more income. And so I say to them, then find a way to add more value. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, what I hear the most, Kaylin, is that people go, but Robert, I'm already busy. I work hard. I don't mm-hmm. have time to take on another individual. And it's not about adding value by working harder. See, a lot of people have become really, really good at being busy, but they're not necessarily productive. And there's a total difference. You know, I'm writing my new book right now, and I could go down to my office and say, I'm going to go write my book. And eight hours later, I come up and I look back at the eight hours. I'm like, well, I didn't do a lot of my book. What did I do? Oh, yeah. I checked social media all these times. I checked my emails. I made those phone calls because I was busy, but I wasn't productive. And so when you learn to be more productive, 
you end up being able to add value to more people, which then increases your income and your zone will change as you do that. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that as we go through. So that's the first currency. And now do you have any questions about the first currency of the four? No, I'm excited to hear about the rest. Okay. The second one, the second currency is the currency that every single one of us, every single one of us has the exact same amount of, and that's the currency of time. And a lot of people don't realize that to me, as an example, time is more valuable than money because time is something you can't buy more of. And so with time, if you feel you're too little time, that's called stress. And that's where these busy people, I've got children, I've got careers, I've got household, and they're stressed out. Too much time on your hand is a boredom. And so as an example, I, I used to, pre-BC, before COVID, I on average was flying 200,000 miles a year around the world doing trainings. And of course, I would still take six months a year off to be at home because I like my time off. I very much like my time off. And all of a sudden, I come home and I get locked down. And now I'm at home 24-7. Well, I found I was actually busier. And it was always blowing me away when people were going, I'm bored. I got nothing to do because they weren't at work and they didn't, they didn't know how to adjust. So when it comes to the currency of time, I encourage people to focus on quality, not quantity. And here's what I mean by that. So one of the biggest things that keeps people back that I've discovered from success is they think that if I become more successful and I make more money, going back to that currency, then my family's gonna pay the price. I'm not gonna have enough time with them. I, my relationships are gonna pay the price. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that you may temporarily or in the beginning, if you don't know how to set your timing up, you may find yourself working a little bit harder to get going. And this is where it's so important to have the quality of time with your family. So that, you know, and, and I'll explain it like this and, and tell me if you've ever can relate to this, Caleb. Have you ever been talking to someone and you're having a conversation and they are there physically, but you can tell mentally and emotionally they're somewhere else? Have you ever had that? Plenty of times, yeah. Yeah, and that's because people have so many things going on in their mind. So one of my practices that I have is that I, when I'm especially talking to someone one-on-one, -on -one, I want them to know I'm here, I'm present. No, I'm aware of everything else that's going on, but right now my mind is focused on what I'm doing in the moment because mm -hmm. I want to make sure it's quality time. And from my experience in your audience, I want them to try this out for themselves and they'll see what I'm talking about. Your family will appreciate less time with you if it's quality time versus if you're trying to give them quantity where you're not really there because you're checked out because you're too tired. You're thinking mm -hmm. of everything else. And if you start focusing that when you're with, say, children, you're there, you're present, they'll pick that up. You're with a spouse or a significant other, you're present, they'll pick that up. And you'll notice that they'll go, wow, the quality of time, I will take that over quantity any day of the week. So that's another big one. And so that's a practice I do every single day is I, I practice on how quality or how focused can I be? How present can I be with the person I'm talking to, with what I'm doing in the moment? What am I, what's my abil ability to really be there? Because I want to utilize my time. Um, in fact, last week, my wife and I 
we were with family down at a river and we were in an area with no cell reception. So we disconnected to connect and we were floating on the river during the day. We had our amazing Gracie May, our pet pig with us. We even had three of our cats with us because we actually have six cats. <laughs> so we had them with us and they had their own catio outside the RV because those are the things when you, when a person understands the power of having quality time, sure, it may be a little extra work to take them, but I'd rather have them there than not have them there. Yeah. And that's a mindset when it comes to time. And so one of the things I, I also talk about is the four phases of life people go through. And when it comes to time, the way I do my calendar is one of the phases is about pampering yourself because you cannot give what you don't have. And so a lot of people are good at being givers, 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 and they forget to refill their, their themselves. And so we have what's called pamper time. And when I do a schedule, the first thing my wife and I put on that schedule are our balanced pieces, time together, time to ourselves, time with family. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's working out because that's so important. It's just like with money, you pay yourself first. Well, with time, you have to pay yourself first as well. Because if you don't, and I've experienced it, when I started as a trainer, I was doing so many multi-day trainings a year where I'm on stage three to five days um, in a row, up to 12 hours a day. And I was only at home on average two days a month. But I got burnt out. I ended up going through two back surgeries because I wasn't taking care of myself as I was giving, giving, living my passion mm -hmm. and giving. So I really learned the importance of taking that time for me. Mm -hmm. And people ask, they say all the time, they go, well, Robert, why, why are you flying around the world and hopping on a plane for 10, 12, 14, 16 hours at a time? And the number one reason is because I love to help people from all over. But the second reason is a little selfish. You see, when I hop on a plane, the moment I sit in the seat, that's my time. That's my time. Even if there's Wi-Fi, I don't connect to it. I watch movies because I love movies. I read books because I love books. I may snooze a little. I eat some good food and I drink some great wine because that's my time to rejuvenate me. And because I schedule that on my calendar first, I can be much more productive in the other times, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because when you... When you talk about the currency of time, it is so important that you are aware. I, today, I live by my calendar because I now, once I put in my, my um, relaxation or my pamper pieces, the second thing I put in is what's called focus time. And when focus time, this is where research has shown a person can only truly stay focused on something for about an hour before their mind starts drifting. And so this is where when people are busy, this is why they get distracted by social media, by emails, by phone calls, by everything else, is because they say they want to get work done, but they end up getting trying to do it for so long, they get the distractions. So with writing my new book, as an mm -hmm. example, I will put on my calendar 10 to 11 writing book. And in that hour, I'll go down to my office, everything else is shut off, and I focus on writing. And in that one hour productive time, I can actually do more work than about eight hours of just being busy. And so the cool part of that is this is how you actually free up time with the currency of time. Is because if you put in these 30 minute productive time, an hour productive time, you'll find that instead of eight hours of doing stuff, you can do it all in an hour to two hours. You just freed up six more hours. 
So that allows you then to have time to do other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's the currency of time. And then the mm -hmm. third one is the currency of fame. Now, Ashley, you're obviously much younger than I am, Kaylin. And so you're more into the you know, digital world and the social media world. Probably have a, You can do things on a computer I couldn't even think of because you've grown up knowing this stuff. And today, especially with social media, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. And they'll do some crazy stuff for it. But with the currency of fame, look at all the examples throughout the years of people whose lives have been ruined by fame because they didn't know how to handle it. They got too much. They wanted it so bad. So A, they did weird things to get it, you know, a lot of times. And then when they did get it, they didn't know how to handle it. And so all of a sudden their life collapsed on them. And so when you look at anybody who has had any kind of long lasting fame, they've left real nuggets of gold, real clues. And one of the things that really resonated with me is I heard an interview years ago with Jennifer Lopez. And the person doing the interview said, you know, you are a powerhouse. You're a singer, you're a dancer, you're, you're an actress. You've got, you're like, you're, you're the triple threat. You're amazing. But we also know you have an amazing family life. How do you do that? How do you keep those balanced? And I loved her response. She said, when I'm on doing singing or acting or dancing or anything like that, she says, I'm J-Lo. But when I'm home with my family, I'm just Jennifer Lopez. And that hit and resonated with me because when I'm traveling around the world, Kaylin, I'm, I've got assistants that take care of my travels, take care of my food, take care of everything. I get pampered like crazy. And it's easy. And when I'm out traveling, I'm Robert Raymond Realpel. That's my brand. That's who I am. But when I come home, I'm just Robert. When I was sitting down on the river last week, it's not, I'm not famous to my family. I'm just me. Because that's all I can be, right? And, and my wife and I have a running joke. And the joke is when I come home, say, from a couple weeks overseas, she'll look at me and she'll go, honey, you're at home now. No more assistance. Go take out the garbage. And I love it because it keeps me grounded. Because it's so easy for the ego to play. And so when you talk about the currency of fame, one of the big things that plays into it is ego. And a lot of people that they'll try to say, well, I don't have ego or I, you know, I, I don't want ego. And I want your listeners to be very, very clear. Everybody has ego. And if you try to deny that you have it, it's going to come out in weird ways. It's going to find ways to sabotage you. And so one of the things I've learned over the years is that you have to find a way, a healthy way to allow your ego out to play. And so what I've discovered for me, because when I'm on stage from anywhere from 100 students to 6,000 students for three to five days, to me, I choose that there's no room. I'm there for them. There's no room for ego. So then I ask myself, well, how do I let my ego play safely so that when I'm on the stage, I can be present with my audience? And what I've discovered is that I like video games. I don't know about you, but I love video games. And so when I'm playing a video game, if I'm playing against someone else, oh, my ego comes to play. I get competitive. You're going down if you're going to play against me because that's a healthy, safe way. I can let it have its space mm -hmm. so that when I'm now doing the work I do that I love, that I'm passionate about, 
my ego can stay away. My ego doesn't come in and try to sabotage. And so that fame is a tricky one. And, and here's a recommendation I make for people. One of the reasons fame intrigues so many people is because they see, and this is where social media has kind of really amped it up. They see on social media, well, I'm not gonna ask how old are you, you are, but I'm gonna ask this question. Do you remember the LPs where it was the small records, one side was the, um, their, the hit for the artist, the other side was their B-side with a, a song that they were hoping was gonna make it soon? Do you remember those LPs? Or do you ever hear about them or see them? No, I've never heard of that. Maybe I'm too young. Uh, okay, yeah, you are too young. Well, in the old days, it was one song per side on a little record. And you always, A, side A was always the greatest hit of that artist. Side B was a song they were hoping, hoping that would soon to get some traction. And so what happens on social media, everybody putting their side A out. Here's my greatest hits. Look how amazing my life is. Oh, and everybody then takes, they compare their side B, what's not going right in their life to the other person's side A. And when you compare yourself to anybody else, that's when you start um, finding that you aren't satisfied anymore, or mm -hmm. I want more, or why can't I do that? Are they lucky? And I love to tell my students, there's only one person that you want to compare yourself to. And that's the person that you're looking at in the mirror. And the only thing that you compare is, am I moving towards my dreams today another step further than I did yesterday? And so when it comes to that fame um, currency, I, this is why I love reading and watching biographies. Because I want to know your story. I want to know how you got to where you are. I want to know the ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, the successes, the failures. I don't mm -hmm. want to just see the end result. And the reason that's important on fame is there, there's a documentary that came out a few months ago called The Last Dance. And I don't know if you watched it. It was about the Chicago Bulls when they were going for their last championship. It was during the Michael Jordan times where it was like the whole ads were be like Mike, Air Jordans, you know, famous for all that. And on one of the episodes I loved they were having an interview with Michael Jordan and the, and the person was talking about the whole ad of being like Mike and how many people want to be like him. And his response floored me. He says, you don't want to be like me. You may want to for a day, but that's all you're going to be able to handle because you, most people aren't willing to put in the work I put in, go through what I go through to hone my craft where it is. And that's the missing part when people look at fame and they look at someone else's success. Look mm -hmm. at every top singer, actress or actor, everybody who's the top of the game, every athlete that's the best. Look at what they do behind the scenes, the work that they do to get themselves to that level. And the reality is, is most people aren't willing to do that. I, people all the time come up to me and they say, Robert, I want to do what you do and be on stage around the world helping people. And my first question then is, are you willing to do what I've done? Are you willing to put in the hours of practice, the hours of study? And I also say, careful what you wish for. Because if you don't know how to balance fame in your life, you know, I'm very blessed, Kaylin. My wife and I, we met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19. And we just celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. And she is the person that, has I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for her. 
because not only did she keep me grounded, but she's the, also the one that will not let me play smaller than I am. Because if it was left up to me, I would be comfortable being miserable in a job. I wouldn't be stretching the boundaries. I wouldn't be living into my greatness that every single person mm -hmm. has. And so on that currency of fame, I encourage if your listeners that are listening to this episode, find people in your life and surround yourself with people that aren't just like-minded, they're actually growth-minded. Meaning they're the ones that are willing to have those tough conversations with you where maybe if you're being a bit too much of a jerk, they'll call you on it. Or if you're doubting yourself, they're the ones to help lift you up. Or if you're playing smaller, they're the ones willing to give you that swift kick in the butt if it's needed. Because that's how, um, you know, a friend of mine, Les Brown, who you've probably heard of, amazing gentleman, he says you have greatness in you. And everybody does. It's just, are you willing to step up? And a lot of people are afraid to let their greatness um, shine because they've been told, if you say how good you are, you're bragging. And don't brag, don't be egotistical, don't be self-centered. Well, I love, I have an amazing friend who says this, he says, it's not being self-centered. It's about being centered in yourself and being confident with who you are. You can be confident, not arrogant. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference right there, is the confidence of who you are. Because people are waiting, you know, I've been asked, why do I do the podcast interviews? Because I meet amazing people like you. See, you probably have no idea, Kaylin, that an episode, someone may listen to it, and you'll never know. And someone you interviewed or something you said also has that impact that they needed in their life in that moment. Yeah, exactly. And if you weren't, weren't willing to step into that greatness of who you are, then that person wouldn't have heard it. And so that's why I always feel very honored to be able to be on a podcast because it's like, look at the impact you're making and you may never know just whose life you're changing. See, that's part of fame as well. That's about, you know, I, I talk about in my first book, Success Left a Clue, the second step of my six steps is find someone to mentor or model. And I also then reverse it. And I say, don't just find someone to mentor or model from to advance yourself. But at the same time, always ask yourself, who can I be a mentor to? Who can I model to allow them to have a greater life? And the response I get when I say that to some people, they go, but Robert, I haven't accomplished anything. I'm not good enough yet. And I say, oh yeah, you are. You don't have to be the best at something, but have you gone through something in your life that you could assist someone else, maybe who's struggling with it right now, get through it. And when you talk about being a giver, and coming from your own experiences, again, you'll never know what kind of impact that you may have on someone. So that's the third currency. How are we doing so far? Any, any questions for me, Kaylin? Nothing comes to mind quite right now, but I really enjoyed that. Okay, cool. And then the fourth currency is the one I'm really, really focusing a lot of my time and energy on. And that is the currency of experience. And this is the one that's near and dear to my heart because um, life is to be experienced. It's not how many, I, I think one of my greatest regrets would be reaching the end of my days and looking back and going, what did I actually do with my life? Mm -hmm. And this is where a lot of people who get frustrated that because they're like, well, I'm so busy trying to be successful. My, you know, I don't have a family life. I haven't gone on vacations. I haven't done anything. 
And so when we talk about the currency of experience, is about what can you do in every moment to experience what you are doing, good, bad, or other, otherwise. So, hey, I in 2008, I was overliving my passion and I got burnt out and I was going to take a year off. It turned into three and a half years because one of the things I ended up going through two back surgeries because I had not been taking care of myself. And so not only was I burnt out, but I was also from overliving my passion, I ended up paying the price health-wise. And, you know, my wife, she signs all of her emails. Without health, there's no wealth. Or without, yeah, without health, there, what's wealth? Because, you know, people go for the money, 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 but they forget to take care of themselves. And when it comes to the currency of experience, it's about what are you doing each moment to be more present? Most people are stressed out and overwhelmed because they're so far in the future trying to figure out how they're going to accomplish something that they're not enjoying the moment that they're in right now. Or they're in the past, so stressed out about why did this happen to me? Why did that happen to me? And they're in the victim role, and this is not fair, and that's playing in their mind. So they're not in the, in the present experiencing it. And it's a practice. I wanna be clear, everything I'm teaching and, and we're talking about is a practice. So I, in the practice even today, of experiencing more and more every moment that I can. So as an example, we're starting the podcast and yeah, my amazing Gracie Mae starts struggling. So I could get upset and like, why is it interrupting this? Or I could go, you know, she obviously needs some attention right now. And I can go be with her and give her some love, help her get her back in her bed. She's now settled back in and because adult pigs sleep most of the day. So if she's not in her bed, she's like, I'm stressed. So I can experience through her allowing her to relax and, and be more that way. But also for growth, one of the things that I do, and, and I don't know if this is going to be audio only or audio video, but because of COVID, I went from flying 200,000 miles a year on average around the world to zero. And I could, I played the victim for a little bit. Like, why is this hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue gone because of all my live events being canceled. And then I asked myself two very important um, words that are life-changing. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're taking notes, I want you to write these words down. And they are, what's next? What's next? See, I had to do a total reinvention because I was traveling around the world doing live events on stage in front of 100 to 6,000 students at a time to also being home 24 seven. And so it's like, okay, victim for about a week and a half. My wife and I sat down and we said, what's next? Well, we have a beautiful acreage that we bought three years ago with the intention of eventually building our own training center on it. And that was going to happen in another three, four, five years as a way of me slowing down. Well, COVID sped that up. So right outside my window right now, and you can see it on the video, that's the side of my um, training center that's just about complete that I'll get to move into in about a week. So we ended up creating it now. So even when COVID's over, I get to not have to travel as much because my students will come here and we'll have experiential masterminds. We'll have create experiences here where, because my passion is to train other trainers. So my students will travel from around the world to come and have me coach them one-on-one, -on -one, put them on stage in, in my studio in front of cameras and say, stop, do this, lift your chin, look this way, put a pause right there because I, I can work on helping them be more authentic more present 
in front of their audience. And so now, because I said, what's next? And we did a reinvention. I'm now more digital. I've got my trains going virtual. I'm doing podcast interviews. And I'm recouping the income that was lost from traveling around the world. And so because I'm experiencing it, I'm getting to go, I get to do what I love and be at home or go camping. Last week, if you and I did our interview, you would have seen me in my truck with my computer on my dash, hotspotting off my phone because I'm out camping, experiencing the um, fun of life. And I had to drive up the road to go get signal to do it. But because I make commitments, I will always keep to them. So I did that. And of course, I went through trepidation because my, my, um, my mind was going, what is the host going to think? Well, I'm just, I can be upfront with them. I'm here out with family. This is who I am. And so I'd love to do the interview here. And totally open that if they said they want to rebook, we could. But none of them, all of them were like, oh my goodness, that's amazing that you're actually living what you're talking about. That family's mm -hmm. important. That finding a way to make it work is important because that's life right there. And so with the currency of experience, ask yourself, what would you truly like to experience? And a friend of mine who really anchored this in for me, I look what he said, and this gentleman, I got to give credit where credit is due. I call him, I nicknamed him the quantum monk. And the reason I did is because he was actually a monk for eight years. He did over 15,000 hours of meditation but he also studies quantum physics. So he can tell you all about spirituality and then he can back it up with science. Like it's amazing. And he's brilliant. And he was doing a coaching call with a client the one time and he's very big into dream boards like I am and vision boards. And I don't know, Kaylin, are you big into doing vision boards? Do you believe in them or use them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so he was talking to his students because one of the first thing he does is he'll have them do a vision board. And then they'll say, let's look at what you put on there. And he saw that this one um, client of his actually had a Ferrari or no, sorry, Lamborghini on his vision board. And he's like, okay, that's interesting. So he asked him, he says, why do you want a Lamborghini? And the guy could tell him everything about it. Zero to 60, the size of the engine, the size of the tires, what color he wanted. He could tell him everything about it. And he said, okay, um, you obviously want that. Have you ever rode in one? Have you ever driven one? And he's like, well, not yet. He says, okay, so here's what I want you to do before our call next week. I want you to either find a dealership and go for a test drive or find a place you can rent one so that you can experience being in one. And then next week, tell me what you think. And the guy's like, okay, I think it's a little strange, but he said, I want you to experience it. So when they got on their call the next week, first question said, well, what were you able to do? He goes, yeah, I went, me and a buddy, we went and rented one for the day and we zipped all over. He says, Ed, and the guy looks at him and goes, I don't want a Lamborghini. And my friend knew what he was going to say, but he had to ask it anyway. He goes, why? And the guy goes, I didn't think about it, that I'm six foot three. And getting in and out of that car was painful. It was painful. He says, I love the feel of being in it, but no, it's not. It's the wrong vehicle for me. And he says, so aren't you glad you figured that out now before you laid down a lot of money, bought one, and then went, Ooh, this is not really what I want. Mm -hmm. So anything that you think you want to do in life or want to have in life, find a way to experience it. 
resonate with you and you'll know very quickly if something that is in alignment with you or not. And don't be afraid to make an adjustment if it's not. And then that also then puts the practice of being more and more present and you'll experience even more in your life if you are. So that's the four currencies, Kaylin. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so, so excited that we got to talk about this. Yes. And, and you know, I, I'm always researching more and doing more and diving more into it because the more I look at it, I can relate how, how it's played out in my life and what it's brought to my life and where I've struggled when I resist one of them versus flow with it and it enhances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're always students, right? Well, and, and that's actually a key that you just tapped on right there is probably one of my biggest lessons that I learned because um, I used to not believe in working on myself. Someone would say, hey, you should do some personal development. I'd be like, ah, I don't need that stuff. But the moment I did and I saw it change, because picture, you know, I'm over $150,000 in debt, financially stressed out and, and frustrated. My wife and I end up getting um, tickets to a three-day weekend where we learned about why we were in debt. We then took ownership that we were the ones that created it. And then we learned specific techniques on how to get out of debt. And all of a sudden we took those techniques and we actually left the training and we put them into practice. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we were able to go from being over $150,000 in debt to being retired completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. And in our minds, that went, wow, that worked. If this much information gave us that result, what would more do? And that's when I became an avid student. And one of the biggest dangers I've noticed is people who get to a point where they think they don't need to learn anymore. And even though I've trained all over the world, I am still a student in every training I can be in. Because I realize the moment I think I know it all, I'm done. And so I am, a, I will be a student for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I think is also just to add on to what you're saying, our, our students also teach the teachers as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there is no difference. There is no difference. The only difference between a teacher and a student is the student looks at the teacher and the student's mind puts the teacher on a different level. But if you think about it, we're all the same. And I really got an appreciation for this when I started traveling around the world. Before I became a trainer, I had only been in North America. I'd never gone to any other country. And um, as soon as I became a trainer, you know, over the last 18 and a half years, I've been blessed to travel around the world several times, 30 mm -hmm. plus countries. And probably the biggest thing I've noticed is that we are the same. And so one of the things I love to do when I'm on a stage is within the first 10 minutes, I'll come down off the stage. I'll go into the audience. I'll find someone who I can tell is a tall person because I'm not. I'm not going to call myself short, Kaylin. I am just more ground because I'm closer <laughs> to the ground. And I'll have the person, if they'll assist me, and I'll have them stand up. I'll stand beside them, we'll face a camera so people can see me on the jumbo screens. And I'll say, look, I want everybody to know something. I'm short. And all of a sudden, usually I get a laugh out of the audience and I'll thank the person, have them sit down and I'll say, now, why did I tell you that? And my explanation is just because I'm the one on the stage, does that make me any better than you? No, 
I'm no better than you just because I'm the one teaching. Is it possible I may know something that you don't know? Absolutely. But isn't it also possible you know something I don't know? And then I watch for them to get it and I see it on their faces like, ah, because then I'll say absolutely. So even though I'm here teaching you, I'm going to be here learning as much from you as you're learning from me. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, the student becomes a teacher a lot of times. But when someone's in their ego, they don't see it. But I'm always watching for the lessons because I never know who's in my audience. I've had, I've had a billionaire in one of my audiences. No one knew who was a billionaire. And when having a conversation and they figured out who he was, and someone asked, they said, well, if you're a billionaire, why are you here? And he said, because uh, I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I'm worth over a billion dollars. Doesn't mean I'm, I, I can stop learning. And I'm like, absolutely. See, that's humbleness. That's groundedness. And that's, that's a key. So I love that you yeah. picked up on that, that, that the student is the teacher as well. Thank you. Yeah, I loved your explanation. Well, it, to close up, to make sure that we have enough time, I wanted to ask if you have any resources that you want to share with listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, easy to find me on Facebook. You just look for my fan page because I'm always doing, you know, videos and teachings and quotes and stuff like that. But also as a gift to your listeners, for you having me on the podcast, I would love for them. My first book, Success Left a Clue, we um, launched it four years ago. It's an international best-selling book. I would love for all of your audience to be able to have the digital copy of it, the ebook version, free as our gift for them um, listening to your podcast. And to, all they have to do is just go to robertriopel.com. So my name, Robert, and then R-I-O-P-E-L.com. And they can actually download the book for free. However, it does come with a caveat. And the caveat is this. Because I talk about the six steps, step number three, the biggest difference between people who have success and people who don't is successful people take action. Unsuccessful people don't. And so I wrote the book not to just be read. I wrote it as a workbook. So I actually give action steps all the way through the book. And when I do, I'll actually say, don't read anymore. Before you go continue reading, do this action step. And then the next chapter starts with, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, complete the action, and then read. So it is a workbook. And so mm -hmm. I, want, I want your listeners who download to have the chance to actually do it because the six steps will change their lives. It absolutely will. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited for people to get their hands on that figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they can print it out if they want to print out all the pages, but <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love taking notes and like highlighting and underlining and then like, yes. you know, my, I, I do like a Google notes where like I write all of my, my notes from the book and to just kind of have it in one place. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you know, and they can still, they can go on Amazon and order a physical copy of it. Um, but I, I wanted to make it easy access because I am writing my new book, which is called The Authority Key. And so I'm writing that one right now and getting ready to put it out over the next few months. And so I figured, why not give my other book out as a gift? Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Robert. Oh, my I, pleasure. 
I really appreciate you coming on to share the four currencies of life. Ah, anytime. And if there's any way I can be of service, just let me know. Of course. Thank you. Hi there. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with Robert and learned something new. If you did, I would be so appreciative if you could share this episode with a friend and please make sure to subscribe to the show. In next week's episode, our featured guest will be Jennifer Helene. She is an international expert in health. She is immersed in cutting-edge nutrition, fitness, and spiritual thought leadership. She is a serial entrepreneur and builds programs for health coaching, lifestyle change, and mentoring programs, training the trainers. In our episode next week, we discuss freedom from overwhelm through an integrated mind, body, and soul. As always, I'm more than happy to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at Dear Love the Universe. Send me a message. It would make my day to chat with you. We just passed 1,500 followers this week, and I feel so excited for the community that we're building. There is so much goodness to come. I'd also like to give a heads up that I have another giveaway coming soon. This one will have four winners and is worth over $220 of amazing goodies, including a manifestation journal, a chocolate journal, a hoodie, a mug, jewelry, and more. If you're feeling impatient, you can always head over to my website, kaylinvu.com, to buy cute merchandise that supports this show. I'm going to send 30% of proceeds to an organization. I'm still contemplating which one, and I'll let you know once I decide. Lastly, if you or someone you know could benefit from self-love coaching, please do not hesitate to send me a message on Instagram or through the contact info on my website, kaylinvu.com. I love coaching. I love what I do and it would make my day to help you. My week really, (laughs) maybe even my year. I love you so much and I hope that you have an incredible week. Thank you so much for everything.